All right. Well, it's good to see you guys again. Uh, we're going to jump into our time this morning as our team takes our um, uh, tickets for our offering and our time of giving today. Um, if you want to, uh, I want to encourage you to take out uh, your message notes on the back of your worship guide. Uh, we're going to be uh, sharing some things with you today that I'd love for you to write down and take with you. Uh, we're in a series that we kicked off last week called Getting Back to Church. Uh, this is a time of the year where people start looking at, you know, the fall coming. For those who have kids, school's coming. You know, summertime kind of vacations tend to wind down. So it's one of those moments where people start looking at, okay, I need to get back to this. I need to get back to, you know, going back to work. You know, maybe I need to get back to... Um, uh, school, I'm going back to maybe get back to the gym, get back in some routines. And for many people, it's getting back to church. But what does it really mean to get back to church? And specifically, what does it mean to get back to church here at River Club Church? And so this is an important, important series for our church, but it's important for everybody in here, no matter where you are. Listen, you might be a, a person who's seeking questions about God, not sure if you believe in Jesus, not sure what that means for you. This is a series about the church. And, and listen, we're not a perfect church and no church is perfect because it's full of imperfect people. But we want to tell you, here's what we believe about church. Here's what we're striving to become as a church. Here's what we believe God has in store for us as a church. So you might be looking for a new church and you're saying, okay, well, is this a place that I want to jump into? Well, we're going to share with you more about what it means to be a part of River Club Church in this series. Maybe you're a part of River Club Church. It's a great reminder and just rally point for us as we share vision about who we are. Listen, every great organization has a mission. They, whether it's a mission statement, whether it's, uh, you know, it's something that's, that's spoken, something that's known, something that's behind the scenes to understood. Every great organization knows where it's going. It's the what. What drives us? What are we about? Well, for us, that statement is a mission statement that, that looks like this. It's on the top of your note sheet. And our, our mission as River Club Church is to be a church where all people can experience life in Jesus. To be a church where all people can experience life in Jesus. Now, there's three parts to that statement that I want to just unpack real quick this morning. The first one is this, is all people. We want to be a church for all people. We want to be a church that loves, that welcomes, that helps all people. Listen, we are an imperfect church, as I said before. And we're imperfect people. That's why we're an imperfect church. But the reality is this, is that we believe in Jesus Christ, we are being made perfect, being made better as we follow him. And so we want to welcome people wherever they are in that journey, realizing that God has welcomed us. Listen, Jesus welcomed people where they were. But he loved them enough to, to let them just stay as they were. What God has for you and has for me is a welcome and a love that says, let me lead you to more. Let me show you more what it means to follow me. Let me show you more what it means to, to, to really understand really the second part. That we want to be a church that, that is for all people, but a church that leads them and helps them to experience life. Jesus said in John 10, 10 that he has come that we may have life and have it to the fullest. That we may have it in abundance. That God has for you and for me a purpose for our lives. And that purpose in life is one of having an abundant life, a full life, both here on this earth and in heaven for eternity. And so we want to be a church that talks about real life. We want to be a church where real truth, the truth of God meets real life. So we want to help you have better marriages. 
We want to help you have better relationships. We want to help you have better finances. We want to help you understand more of what God has for you in this situation, what God has for you in that situation, because we believe God doesn't just want to talk to you about the things that happen on Sunday morning. He wants to talk to you about what happens in your life on Tuesday night. He wants to show you and teach you and lead you to know his plan and purpose for your life. And we base everything that we do on Jesus. Because we can give great advice, we can give great ideas, but the thing that's going to change your life isn't the great ideas that I can come up with on a Sunday. What changes our life is Jesus. And so we want to be a church, and we're striving to be a church where all people can experience that life in Jesus. And so that's who we are. That's kind of the core of what it means to to be River Club Church. But what does that look like? Because it's one thing to have a statement up on a screen, a statement written down on a piece of paper up on a wall. But what does it really look like to, to do that? Because here's the thing I believe about you. Whether I know you or not, whether, whether I, we've ever met before or not, the very fact that you're here tells me something about you. You want to grow in your faith. You want to grow in your faith in God. You want to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Now, maybe you're like, Zach, I, I'm not a, a follower of Jesus. I'm not sure I believe. Well, you're here because why? You're here because you want to learn something more. You're exploring and saying, could this, this, this Bible, could God, could Jesus really be the answer to the, the, the needs of my life? And so you're here because you want to grow in your faith. You want to determine whether or not faith in Jesus is the right thing for you. Others, maybe you're here and you're, you feel stuck. You're a follower of Jesus, but you're not really following him really anywhere in your life, right? You kind of feel like I'm dealing with the same problems I've been dealing with for 10 years. I feel like, you know, I come and I I do certain things at church and it doesn't really make much of a difference in my life. I feel like I'm not really growing. I feel like he's not making a difference in my life. And so you're here because you're saying what? You're saying, I'm here because I want to grow in my faith. I want Jesus to make a difference in who I am. You know, the reason why you get up on Sunday morning and you got up this morning and you passed IHOP or maybe you went early and you came, you know, whatever. But, you know, the reason why you didn't go to the golf course this morning, the reason why you're not at the lake yet, is because you want to grow in your faith. I believe that about you. And God wants you to grow in your faith. To experience life in him is growing in your faith. But if you're like me and you're like many people, you recognize this, that sometimes you can go to church and be involved in church and not really feel like you're growing in your faith. You can look at a church and say, man, it didn't really seem like that church or that group of people is really looking more and more like Jesus. Maybe you're feeling stuck, like I said. Well, if we're going to grow in our faith, we've got to come back to this core foundation, this core principle, this one idea that we've got to understand about what it means to grow in our faith. And so I want you to write this down. That spiritually growing up, if you want to grow in your faith, spiritually growing up, maturing in your faith, takes more than just physically showing up. That spiritually growing up takes more than just physically showing up. I heard a pastor say a long time ago, listen, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac the same way that going to church is going to make you a follower of Jesus. The the place does not change you. It's what happens in that place. And we, we kind of buy into this thing sometimes, if we're just being honest, that if we'll just show up at church enough, if we'll just show up and do, you know, this or do that, if, I, if I'm just there, then I'm automatically going to grow in my faith and my relationship with Jesus. But spiritual growth doesn't work like that. 
You've got to do more than just show up if you really want to grow up. And did you know this, that God wants you to grow in your faith? God wants you to know him more. God is not about trying to keep you living in mystery and living in frustration. He wants you to grow up in him, to know him more, to have Jesus make more of a difference in your life. He wants that for you. He, he says so, in, or, uh, the, Paul writes this in Ephesians 4.15, that God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and to tell it in love, like Christ in everything. That's God's desire for you. It's his desire for me. God wants you to grow up, but it takes more than just showing up to truly grow up. And see, we understand this, that God is the one who changes hearts. God is the one who changes lives. But God also says there are things that we can do. There are practices. There are principles. There are truths we can believe that we have a role to play in growing up spiritually. And that's what we want to talk about really more in this series is what does it mean for us to grow up? What are the things that God's wanting us to do so that he can grow us spiritually? And what I believe is this, is that when you look at the Bible, you look at Scripture, there, there are really five purposes to your life and to what the church is supposed to be all about. That There are five things that if we want to grow in our faith, if we want to continually grow up, there are five things that we need to understand and we need to choose and we need to commit to. And they're found in two of the most foundational passages of Scripture, two of the most foundational teachings of Jesus. So let's look at these. They're on your note sheet there. How we grow up. The first one is this. It's found in Matthew chapter 22. In these two passages, there are five different things. So here's what, here's what Jesus said. He was asked, what's the most important thing? We've talked about this before. What's the most important thing that we can know about growing to know God? And here's what he said. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So in that, that teaching, that reply, we see two purposes, two things that God has for us to do. The first one is this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. We call that worship. Ryan talked about that last week as we began our series. He said, talked about worship, that worship at its core is loving God with every part of who we are. And so God has made you and he's made me to worship. If we want to grow in our faith. We need to make sure that we're worshiping God. The second though he says is this, is to not only love God, but to love our neighbor as ourself. The, the church calls this idea ministry or serving that we're called to, to serve other people. We're called to minister to other people. We're called to take who we are and make a difference, not in our lives, but in the lives of other people around us. So you've got worship. You've got this idea of ministry. Well, then the other three are found in what's called the Great Commission. So before Jesus left the earth, after the cross, after the resurrection, before he, he left to go spend time with God, to go back to be with God in heaven where he sits and we wait for him to come back and, and bring the renewal of all things and move us into this age of eternity. He said, here's what I want you to do. And he gave the great commission. And in the great commission, we find three other practices, three other purposes that God has for your life and my life and how we can grow. Let's read this together. He says this, therefore, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go and make disciples. The church word for that's evangelism. 
Evangelism is this word that means sharing the good news. He says, I want you to spend your life telling other people about Jesus. Telling other people about what it means to have hope in Jesus, to have life in Jesus. And then he says, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is this church idea of fellowship. That you're being baptized in, you're being brought into the family of God. The big C global church and the the little C local church like River Club Church. That we want to bring people in and have this community and connection with people, not just ourselves, but with other people. And he says that I want you to teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Well, churches call this discipleship. It's becoming more like Jesus. And so we see in these two passages, these five purposes, these five ideas of worship, of ministry, of evangelism, of fellowship and discipleship. Where Jesus says, if you want to grow up, here are five things I have for you. Now, we don't always use words like these in kind of our normal conversation. You know, discipleship is not something that we talk about a lot. We may talk about serving instead of ministry. Evangelism sounds scary. So how do we talk about that? Because we want to make sure that we're being clear at River Club Church about what it is that God has for us. Well, we've taken those five purposes and we've coined them as our five things. The five things that we are asking you and challenging you to choose so that you can join us as we grow in our faith in Jesus here at River Club Church. And so here are the five things. Write them down. Number one is we want you to choose to worship God together and apart. That we want to commit to worshiping God together and apart. We want to worship God in settings like this corporately, but we also want to be people that worship God every single day of our lives. And so we want to choose to worship. Second is this, is that we want to choose to serve on a team. We want to use this call of ministry to serve on a team. To, to make a difference, to use the things that God's given us as opportunities to serve him. Third thing is this, is that we want, a, we want to join a group. Because see, we believe that we grow better, we become more like Jesus when we're in group, in community with other people. And so we want to join a group. We want to be part of a small group that helps us connect and helps us grow and learn more and more about Jesus. That we want to commit to the mission. That we want to say, listen, that the fellowship of believers, this, this body of Christ is the one God's called me to. And guess what? I want to commit to it. I don't want to just simply consume what people can do for me. I want to begin to give back. I want to be part of what God's doing here. And the last one is that we want to invite people to experience life in Jesus. That everywhere we go, everything we say, whatever we do, we want to be inviting people to know more about who Jesus is. And so these five things are the how to our what? How are we as a church wanting to lead all people and help all people to experience life in Jesus? We want to live out these five things. We want to challenge you, if this is your church, to commit to being a part of these five things. And this is what this series is focusing on. Last week we talked more about worship, and today I want to talk to you about this commitment, this choice, this idea that we choose to serve on a team, that we choose to serve on a team. You know, I don't know what comes to mind when you hear the word serving, but it, it could be several different things. You know, you hear the word serve and you may think of like a tennis match or a volleyball match and, you know, hitting the ball across the net. You think of serve, you may think of a server, you know, the person that, you know, brings you your food at Chili's. 
the person who hopefully you're tipping well when you go to eat after church on Sunday, especially wearing your River Club shirt, right? You, know, you may think about, you know, the rich people that have like a butler or a maid that do all the work for them. You, know, you may think of Mother Teresa, somebody who gave her life to caring for the poor. Maybe you grew up in church and you know that, well, serving means ministry. That's, you know, teaching Sunday school or being part of a small group. Listen, we, we have all these different ideas of what it means to serve, but the core of serving is this. It's using what I have and who I am for the benefit of somebody else. It's saying, I'm going to take what I can, what I have, who I am, and I'm going to use that not just for my benefit. I'm going to use that for the benefit of somebody else. And this idea of serving is a core part of what it means to grow in our faith. I truly believe that for some in this room, the reason why you're stuck in your faith, the reason why you feel like you've kind of hit this wall with with your relationship with Jesus is because you've not taken that step to move past simply taking in from the church and to begin to give back to other people through serving. That for you, church is something that you attend, but it's not something that you work at or that you work for. And so what I want to do in the time that we have left is I want to look at Jesus, our flesh and blood example of what it means to live this abundant life. And I want to look at a story, an account in his life where he wanted to teach a lesson to his closest followers, this lesson of what it means to truly serve other people. And I believe that there's a couple things that we need to learn and be challenged by today as we talk about this commitment to serve. That if we want to grow in our faith, we've got to make a commitment to serve on a team. So if you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 13. If not, the verses will be up on the screen. And what we see is this, that Jesus not only encourages us and exhorts us to serve, he provides us an example of serving. Let's read this together. Starting in verse 1, here's what it says. It It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So here's where we are in in the life story of Jesus. That Jesus has been serving and ministering and healing people and teaching for about three years. And he's coming up to the last several days before he would give his life on the cross. And so he's gathered together with his closest followers, his disciples, and maybe a few others, and they're having a meal together. They're celebrating the Passover festival. The Passover was this important Jewish holiday, and they would gather together, and they would have a Passover meal. So they're, they're gathered in this place, in this, this room, in, the, in this house. Jesus is the guest of honor. He's the teacher, and they're gathering together. They're having this meal. It says this in verse 2, the evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Now, if you know the story, Judas was one of Jesus' 12 closest followers. But he was also one that betrayed him for money. He's the one that that, that the enemy, that Satan, the devil, used to, to go and set up Jesus and to bring the authorities to Jesus that eventually led to his arrest, his, 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 his beating, his torture, and, and ultimately his death. And he sold Jesus out for, for, for some money. Now, he's sitting there, and Jesus knows what's going to happen. He already has insight into that one of his closest would betray him. But they're all sitting around this meal. And look at verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. 
After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So they're sitting at this meal, and Jesus does something unexpected. See, traditionally, in custom, the customs of the day was when you would go as a guest to somebody else's house, one of the things that they would do is they would get one of their servants to wash your feet. Because as you traveled around, you traveled on dirt roads and muddy roads. And so as you came in, it was one way of just serving you. Well, apparently in this meal, nobody had done that. And so Jesus, the the guest of honor, the son of God, decides that he's going to be the one to wash the feet. So he stands up, he takes off his his outer cloak and his outer outer garment, puts on a, a servant's apron. He begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Verse 6, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, verse 10, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he had said not everyone was clean. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant's greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. So what's going on here? What's, 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 what's happening? What's, what's Jesus doing? Well, several things. One is this, is that Jesus is, is giving a physical picture of the gospel, of, of his life. He, he, he's leaving his place of power, his place of authority, his place of honor. Just as he left heaven and he humbled himself and he came to earth. And he took the form of a servant. He humbled himself and he served and he healed and he, he's washing the feet of his disciples. And in washing their feet, he's cleansing them. And then he goes back to his place at the table, this place of honor. And he reveals this, 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 this visual picture of what he has done for you and what he's done for me. That he left heaven, he came to earth, he served and he sacrificed his very life after he was raised from the grave he went back to his place as the son of god at the right hand of the father he's given us a picture of that he's also wanted to teach a a lesson about forgiveness and how we all need jesus to cleanse us of our sin and our mistakes but he's also giving his disciples a picture of how they should live. He's wanting to change the perspective of what it means to be a servant. He wants to change the idea of what it means for his followers to to truly live their lives 
in love for other people. And in what he's doing, he's wanting to teach us a couple of lessons. And they're lessons that I believe are so important to you and so important to me as we look at this idea that Jesus is calling us to serve other people. And that at River Club Church, we want to challenge every person who comes in to make the commitment to serve on a team. And so maybe you've never chosen to serve. You're not actively serving right now. I think Jesus wants to teach us some lessons on the reality that we need to step up and serve. Maybe you're serving and right now you're ready to quit because you're just discouraged. You're tired. You feel like you're doing all the work. And Jesus wants to say, take courage. Don't give up. Understand why you're doing what you do. Or maybe it's simply that you just need some encouragement this morning. But there's really two things that as I was reading this and studying this week that jumped out to me about the example that Jesus gave to us and to his disciples. Write this down. Here's the first one. That learning how to serve well comes when we learn how Jesus served. That learning how to serve well, learning what it means to minister to other people, learning what it means to use what God has given us, not just for ourselves, but to, to, to serve and to help and to love other people. That, that if we're going to learn to serve well, we have to look and see how Jesus served. Because his example is the perfect picture of what we should be in our own lives. He even said that. Look at verse 15. He said, I've set an example for you that you should do as I've done for you. Jesus is saying, you want to know what it means to serve? You want to know what it means to lead? You want to know what it means to grow spiritually, to become more like me? I want you to serve. Well, how did he serve? Well, look at verse 4. It says that he got up from the meal. Jesus took initiative. He didn't ask the question like, okay, hey, nobody wash feet. Is anybody going to wash feet? Simon, you, you going to wash feet? Peter, you know, you're, you're, same person. Whatever, you going to wash feet? He wasn't like, okay, nobody else will do it. I guess I'll do it. Right? No. He said, you know what? Here's an opportunity. And he gets up from where he is and he takes the initiative. But he also did not just take the initiative. What did he do? He, 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 he humbled himself. Because in his culture, he wasn't the one that was supposed to wash the feet. It was somebody who was supposed to serve him. But he humbled himself. He took the role of one who was, quote unquote, lesser than he was. He did what was not expected of him. Nobody was looking to Jesus to say, man, Jesus should have been washing our feet. In fact, Peter said, I don't want you to wash my feet. This isn't appropriate. Like, this is not what you should be doing. I should be washing your feet. And then he wanted everybody to understand that the reason why he did what he did was because he loved them. So when we talk about serving, we have to recognize that, that serving is us taking the initiative. Listen, if you're waiting to be asked to serve at River Club Church, you're not serving like Jesus. You're not taking the initiative. You, if, you, if you're sitting back going, well, I guess they'll, they'll, they'll call me if they need me. Here's the, here's the thing. We need you. We need you. We need you to do so many different things. So if you want an invitation, there's your invitation. We need you to serve. 
But why should we sit back and wait and say, oh, I'll serve if they need me to? We need to humble ourselves and say, well, I only want to serve if I get to do this or I get to do that. No, a humble servant says, I'm going to serve however is needed because that's how Jesus served. A humble servant says, you know what? I don't really feel like holding a door on Sunday, but that door holder role is so important. I'm going to do it. You know, the, the, the humble servant says, you know, I'm not a big fan of kids. I don't even like my kids, especially other people's kids. But you know what? We need people that are going to come in and care for the kids in our church. And so guess what we do? We sit, we play blocks. Right? Why? Because it needs to be done. Listen, there are certain roles that don't receive any glory, right? Every single week, there, there, there is a team of people that they come in and they set out the chairs that you think fairies just set up every single week because they're here when you show up. They literally have to take and put up and put out every single week the chairs that you sit in. Now, do you think they get a lot of accolades and they get a lot of appreciation? No. They have initiative. They're willing to do what it takes. So Jesus said, listen, if you want to serve, serve. If you want to grow, grow. Take the initiative. Find a place to serve. Talk to a leader and say, hey, can I help you out? Talk to someone who's doing stuff and said, I can do that. Let me help you and do that. Because here's the thing. That if we are going to choose to serve, we're going to understand that serving is not easy and serving is not convenient and serving is not always fun. If you're only going to serve in this church when it's convenient, you're never going to serve. Because serving at its core is about sacrifice. If you're only going to serve when it's fun and you feel like you're making a difference, guess what? You're never going to serve because serving's not always going to be fun. If, 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 you, if you're only going to serve when it fits in your schedule, you're never going to serve. And let me just say this while I'm up here. If you commit to serving, show up. Show up. If you say, hey, I'm going to be in the second grade classroom on this Sunday, guess what you need to do this Sunday? Be in the second grade classroom. Now, I know that stuff happens and there's emergencies that happen, but you being tired is not an emergency. You forgetting the fact that the Redskins game's on earlier than you thought it was isn't an emergency. You staying up too late binging on Netflix the night before is not an emergency of why you let down the second graders who show up and go, I don't have a teacher. Now I got to be in a room with kindergartners and it's not good for anybody. Listen, if we want to serve, it's going to require sacrifice. No great service was ever done that didn't require sacrifice. Jesus said what? He said, you want to know how to serve? Look what I've done. I gave my life on a cross for you. You want to serve? Look to Jesus. You want to grow in your faith? Recognize that you're not going to grow unless you're serving. You're going to cap out your spiritual growth unless you're serving like Jesus. But he also wanted us to understand this, that it's not just serving out of guilt. It's not just serving out of pressure. 
serving out of duty or religious obligation that is really going to motivate you to show up when you're tired, motivate you to keep coming back when those fourth grade boys won't listen to you, you know, to, to motivate you to be in the parking lot when people don't look out that you're in the parking lot and they run you over. Like, listen, the thing that's going to motivate you is this. I want you to write this down. Is understanding that we are moved to serve others. We are moved to serve others when we become moved by how Jesus served us. If convenience isn't going to make it happen, make us happy sometimes, if it's going to be hard and difficult sometimes, if we're going to get frustrated serving sometimes, if we're not going to feel like it sometimes, if we're going to feel underappreciated sometimes, if that's the reality of what it means to serve people sometimes, well, then what is the motivation? The motivation is, is that we're moved to serve others when we understand the depth of how Jesus served us. Look what he says. He says, I've set an example that you should do as I have done. That you should do as I have done. Listen, the key motivation for why we should serve is love. Is love. The love that Jesus has and has shown us and the love that he grows in our heart for other people. Listen, if you think there aren't Monday mornings where I wake up and go, I don't think I want to do this again. You'd be wrong. If you think there's incredible joy every week of saying, okay, I've got a blank screen and I've got five days to come up with a sermon. Oh, and by the way, That's one of 20 things I have to do this week. There's some weeks it's not fun to serve. And I wouldn't make it, and I can't make it, unless the reason I serve is because Jesus has done what he's done for me. The same is true for you. If we want to grow in our faith, we've got to learn what it means to serve. And if we're going to continue to serve, if we're going to last in serving, we've got to understand more and more the depth of what it meant to be moved by Jesus and what he's done for us. The fact that he gave his very life for you and his very life for me. And because he has done that, that should motivate us to give our life back. So here's the takeaway for today. It's really a question and a statement. One I want to challenge you to ask and be honest and say, can I say this? I will serve on the team. What's the commitment today? It's to make that choice. If River Club Church is your home, if River Club Church is the place that God's leading you, that God's bringing you, is to say, you know what? I will serve on a team. It's not going to be convenient sometimes. It's not always going to be enjoyable. Now listen, here's the thing. A lot of times it is. I'm painting like it's like the worst thing in the world. It's really not. And when God uses you and you bless somebody else and you see the difference that you make, you want to do it again. But where are you serving? How are you serving? Where do you need to step up and serve? Where do you need to re-up 
and serve. You know, where do you need to become somebody encouraging others who are serving alongside of you? Our church is only going to be the church God calls us to be and desires us to be, and you're only going to be the follower of Jesus who's growing the way that you want to grow when we say yes to serving. So here's what I want to do as we end our time before this band comes back out, is in your worship guide, you'll see a little insert. And when we talk about serving, we really talk about three different categories of opportunity. The first one is this, is we, we want you to, to consider and commit to serving the church. That there are certain things that, that we do every single week throughout the week and on Sunday that, that need to be done to, to, to function as a church. And, and if you think that's self-serving, it's not self-serving when you're doing it so that when God brings people in for the first time, they have a great experience and their hearts are open to experience life in Jesus. And so there are at riverclubchurch.com slash serve, there's a list of all kinds of opportunities. Things that are more public, things that are more behind the scenes, things that happen during the week, things that happen on Sunday morning. Places where you can use the gifts God has given you, the heart and the abilities God has given you, the passion he's given you to plug in and serve. And if you're like, well, I'm not really sure where to jump in. There are three areas where we have the most need consistently. The number one, it's our kids club ministry. We need men, women, young adults, who, who, who are older adults who are going to say, you know what? I'm willing to invest my time into caring for and, and helping to lead the, the, the kids in our church. Second, it's our welcome team. We need people who are willing to stand out in the lobby, who are standing out in the parking lot, and who are willing to say the first face that somebody sees when they walk through that door is going to be a face that says that they're loved, they're welcome, and they're wanted. And when they walk in, if they don't know where to go, I'm going to help point them in the right direction. We need those type of people who are willing to do that. We also need people to serve on our tech team, the behind the scenes of what happens here every Sunday morning with lights and video and sound and all that kind of stuff who, who help us to live stream and to record our services. We need people to help with that. We need people to help come and, and lead worship and use their musical abilities to do that. Lots of ways you can jump in and serve. Second kind of area is this, is we want to be a church that serves the community, that, that serves our local community. And you can see different examples of things that are coming up around here that you can be a part of and, and, and ways you can find out more information. But one right now is, is our partnership with Cedar Forest Elementary School. When you walked in, you saw the school bus out there, and we said, listen, we're collecting school supplies. So go buy some school supplies. Serve our community in that way. It's a great way to begin to allow God to use you to bless somebody else. And the last is serving our world, serving those you know, nationally and even globally. There's a couple of different opportunities going on there with a mission trip coming to Appomattox, Virginia here in, a, in, in, in a several weeks, but then also Operation Christmas Child, one of our big uh, focuses and emphasis as we kind of move forward, collecting shoe boxes to be sent all across the world to kids who are in need. Just a few examples and a few ways that you can serve. But here's what I want to challenge you to do today. Will you make the commitment? Will you take the step? to grow spiritually in serving? What is God wanting to do to use who he's made you, how he's gifted you to bless other people? I guarantee you this, if you'll take that step, you'll grow spiritually, maybe like you've never grown before. And God will use you to help this church accomplish its mission. 
to be a place where all people can experience life in Jesus. And as we see people come alive and come awake to what life in Jesus is all about, there's no better joy. There's no better excitement. There's no better satisfaction than that. Let's pray. Father God, we come in this moment with just a very simple yet straightforward next step. God, as a church, we grow and we're better prepared to accomplish our mission when, when God, we're serving. And so, God, I pray right now for every single person here. If you're having River Club Church be their, their church, their, their family, their home, if you're drawing them here, they've already been here. God, lead us to serve, to follow your example, to be motivated, God, by, by, by how you've loved us and Jesus, how you have served us. And so, God, as we sing this song together, we come back around, we're, we're singing a song talking about the reality of here's what you've done and, and how you've moved in our life and how you've used us before. And, God, we want to just continue that. And, God, we want you to use this church and use us to accomplish the great things you have in store. So, God, lead our hearts. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.